Hello, I'm Jonathan Davis, editor of the Investment Trust Handbook, and I'd like to welcome you to this Moneymaker's weekly Investment Trust podcast. Each week I shall be discussing the latest developments in the Investment Trust world with Simon Elliott, Head of Research at Winterflood Securities, one of the UK's top specialist investment trust broking and market-making firms, and a wise and experienced follower of the sector. In our first episode, I talked to him about how the trust sector has coped with the dramatic and indeed alarming decline in financial markets that's been precipitated by the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. A few weeks ago, Simon, it seems a bit longer, I have to be honest, uh, I heard you give a presentation at a conference for investment trust aficionados, experts, uh, and you said that uh, investment trust investors never had it so good as they did at the end of February. And you warned us that things might get a little bit worse. They couldn't go on quite as well indefinitely. Uh, I guess even you weren't expecting something quite as dramatic as we've seen in the last few weeks, thanks to this uh, blasted virus. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think, uh, as you say, when I talked about a month or so ago, I was talking about how the investment trust sector had seen this incredible renaissance over a 10-year period, which had seemed uh, an incredible growth in terms of its assets and uh, different funds have been launched and uh, discounts have narrowed. Uh, but just warning people that you know they'd never had it so good, that there could be some setbacks. But you're absolutely right. I didn't foresee that we could see a sell-off in the markets, anything like uh, as dramatic as we have seen. And I think that's just testament to the, the, the nature of the times in which we live. I mean, if we look back over the last month, uh, look back in March, I mean, it's been one of the worst months for the stock market and also for investment trusts that uh, we've seen for a very long time. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, since uh, the start of 1986, this represents or March represented the second worst month in terms of the FTSE all shares performance. Uh, October 1987, I'm sure a number of people remember, uh, was was even worse. And at one stage uh, last month looked as if it was going to give it a run for its money. But actually, in the last few uh, trading days of, of March, we saw a partial recovery, but still down uh, over 15 percent. We've got the FTSE 100 off. 25% uh, from its recent peak. So this is a pretty savage drawdown. Exactly. And I think it's the, it's the speed and the, uh, the rate of the decline, which has taken a lot of people by surprise. But I guess that is really just a reflection of the fact that this is a virus, a global viral pandemic. Uh, and it's taken some time for uh, investors to actually try and work out uh, what exactly the implications of that are. And I don't think we still don't know what the what the longer term implications of this and how long the economy is going to be shut down uh, in many countries. We just don't know that at the moment, do we? No, that's right. And I think, look, the, the, the way that the stock market works in this country, as it does around the world, it's, it looks forward. You know, share prices are built on expectation, the expectation of what is a company's likely revenue, its likely profit, and then you can price it accordingly. The big problem that we've had over the last month is that suddenly you just have to put a line through uh, expected revenue and expected profits. Nobody knows how long this will last for and the impact that it's going to have on, on operating companies. Very, very difficult to value anything at the moment. So in that context, I mean, we know from experience that one of the uh, investment trusts are a sort of connoisseur's choice for investing in uh, collective funds, but they do have the feature that they are tend to be slightly more volatile than, than an average open-ended fund with other compensating advantages. But has the scale of the decline, what has the scale of the decline been in the investment trust sector, if we can generalize a little bit before looking at specific sectors? What's been the scale of that? And how does that compare with what you, you might have expected if you'd ever punched in this uh, precipitous decline we've had? 
So the big issue that the investment trust company has seen over the last month or so is the significant derating. So your comments earlier, as I said, we'd never had it so good at really at the start of the year. We'd seen at that stage the sector average discount close to only 1%. So um, you look across all the number of investment companies across the whole piece, on average, they were trading at just a 1% discount. That was a very, very tight level, a very narrow level. We'd seen that ease off a little bit through January, February. But the fall that we saw in March was just incredible. It went from a 4 5 6% discount down to 22% at one stage. Now, clearly within that, there are some funds on 60 70% discounts and, and some that are still trading around NAV. But it was that derating of investment trust that was particularly savage. And that's akin to the kind of derating that we saw back in 2008-9 during the global financial crisis. Now, in the last week of the month, uh, we have seen a partial re-rating so discounts tighten in a little bit, but they're still at 10, 11% on average, uh, obviously a lot of variation, but that compares with that 1% level that we saw at the start of the year. So it's worth saying, before we look at that in a little bit more detail, it's worth saying that uh, this is not unexpected what's happened given the scale of the market change, but for people who are not or relatively new to the investment trust sector, it may have come as a bit of a shock. Uh, it shouldn't have done because we always try and say to people, you must understand that they will be uh, more volatile in over short periods of time. So what, what is the message you're giving to your clients who come into with, uh, who are maybe very alarmed by what is happening? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I think people have to understand how investment trust companies work and the, that potential disconnect between NAV performance and share price performance. When I talk about derating, that's what I'm alluding to there is how the share price performance has been worse than the NAV performance. If you take a uh, an equity income mandate, which may have been down 25% in the last month or so, then with that share price widening out, that 25% may have ended up at 30, 35. And that's a very painful process, potentially. What we're seeing now is those discounts tighten through. So, you know, are there potential for bargains, if you will, within the investment trust company? Potentially, uh, that's certainly true. But even aside from that, I think when you look at investment trusts, and you look at the advantages that they have, particularly compared with open-ended funds, um, this is a closed-ended fund. The fund manager of this portfolio of assets does not have to worry about liquidity flows in and out. So an open-ended fund manager at the moment has probably had to sell a portion of the portfolio to raise liquidity because they will have seen redemptions quite likely over the last month or so, whereas an investment trust manager can just hunker down a little bit and take long-term decisions, look through this period of dislocation. And hopefully over a long time, that comes through in terms of better performance numbers. Indeed, because it's always been a long-term investment in investment trust, uh, but it does create opportunities during periods of market disruption. But if we look at the sectors and how which ones have been worst affected and which one are not, I mean, I suppose uh, what stands out to me is that anything which has some kind of equity involvement has been, on the whole, worse hit. They've fallen very dramatically in line with the market indices. Is that right? But how has it looked across the piece? We know now that roughly half the investment trust sector consists of what we call alternative asset investment trusts, which are things that uh, invest in more, um, perhaps more esoteric uh, things, uh, specialist things like debt and property and private equity. But what's, what's been the experience over the last month uh, as between these different main types of investment trusts? Yeah, so in terms of discounts, it's fair to say that everything at some stage over the last month has, has been derated. In other words, those discounts have widened out. What we've seen just in the last week or so is a process whereby for those uh, mainstream, particularly equity, so uh, you know, buying pools of stocks and shares, 
then those discounts have already tightened back up. So you're not necessarily seeing great value in the uh, UK equity income space or UK old companies or even in UK small cap, where discounts still look very, very wide or in those more specialist asset classes, such as private equity or UK commercial property. But there is a very good reason for that. And that is the NAVs for um, equity type mandates are repriced on a daily basis. Whereas if those specialist asset classes, such as property, such as private equity, they only have quarterly revaluations. So actually we're looking at the valuations on a delayed basis. So these things have been last valued at the end of 2019. Obviously, over the next few weeks, we'll get to know what their values are like at the end of March. Now, clearly, the world is a very different place in that three-month intervening period. So our expectation is that you're going to see a lot of NAVs fall down in the, uh, or be reduced on the, the property side in private equity. And so those discounts, they may look very large at the moment, will actually, in fact, narrow um, as we get those more up-to-date valuations. Because essentially, the share prices are anticipating that there will be a an effect on the NAV and it's, uh, it, will be, it will become apparent when the, uh, when the NAVs are published. Okay, so let's, let's ask, let me ask you another question. Obviously, one of the great advantages of the investment trust sector, and certainly over the last few years, has been the uh, consistency and the range of options they give investors for earning dividends or getting dividend income. Particularly these alternative asset classes, a lot of them have been sold quite heavily on the back of the fact they were offering uh, significant yields, 4% plus, 5%, 6%. Um, I think it's right that about 100 offer a yield or did offer a yield of more than 6%. But the question, of course, must be what is going to happen? What is going to happen to those dividends? And how many investment trusts will be able to sustain those dividends on which a number of investors obviously rely for income? Yeah, and that is the great question. And, and certainly at Winterflow on the research desk, that's what a lot of our time has been spent on at the moment trying to get a feeling for how sustainable those dividends are. And I think I'd kind of make two broad groupings. So one, the more specialist asset classes, uh, you know, such as commercial property, such as lending, leasing, the specialist debt type products. Um, to be fair, we've already seen um, six or seven companies, investment companies, announce uh, dividend suspensions or, uh, already just in the last week or two. And we'd expect more to follow. I mean, just to pick on one subsector, so UK commercial property, where we know that there are already uh, rent holidays uh, underway. Um, a number of the underlying tenants have, have said they're, they're simply not going to be able to keep those uh, rent payments up. And for those UK commercial property funds, a number of whom weren't actually paying covered dividends before this happened, I think that presents a significant headwind. And we would not be surprised to see, uh, if not dividends suspended, but certainly rebased, which is a polite way of saying dividends cut. Right. Um, the second grouping, and this I think is where a lot of retail investors are particularly focused, so a lot of, a lot of ordinary investors, and that's on um, the area, so the equity type mandate. So there's been a lot of talk about dividend heroes in the investment trust space. These are investment trust companies that have absolutely incredible records of consecutive years of dividend increases. So City of London Investment Trust have a track record of paying 53 consecutive years of, of dividend growth which is a tremendous record. There are a number uh, not too far behind it, such as Bankers Investment Trust and, and, and Caledonia and so on and so forth. There's actually 21 investment trust companies that can, can demonstrate a 20-plus year uh, track record in, uh, of growing their dividends. Now, how sustainable are those dividends? It's a difficult question to answer. What people have to be aware of is that many of these uh, investment trust companies have built up revenue reserves 
and most are equivalent to at least one year's dividend. So in theory, their revenue in might go to zero, but they could make the decision to pay out to use their revenue reserves. This is money that they've kind of stored away for a rainy day. And, you know, it really is raining in terms of dividend receipts at the moment. Is, they yeah. could make the decision to pay out those revenue reserves. But, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough for them, but not least because we've heard that the, this week the banks in the UK have decided to suspend their dividends. There's a lot of operating companies have come to the similar conclusion. All eyes are on the oil majors, whether, whether BP and Shell will be able to keep their dividends going at the current levels. So it's going to be quite, quite difficult. But we'll see the other advantage the investment trust companies can have now, which they didn't have funnily enough 12 years ago during the financial crisis, is they can, if shareholders give them permission, they can pay out of uh, capital, they can pay income out of capital, so realized profits. So an, um, a number might make the decision uh, to, to say, actually, it's very important for our shareholders to keep those dividend levels up. But we'll see how this plays out. I mean, talking to a number of people, I think, on a three to six month view, I think many investment trust companies would minded to keep their dividends going. But if this period of destruction were to continue for, say, the remainder of the year, and by that, I mean, that the underlying operating companies weren't in a position to resume their dividend payments, then I think there's going to be some quite hard decisions to be made. Okay, so we'll have to look out for that. That's something we can, uh, hopefully we'll be able to monitor week by week as, uh, as we continue this series of podcasts. I'd just like to finish, uh, Simon, with uh, a question. If I had to ask your instinct, what do you, how do you think this will play out? I mean, obviously no, none of us knows. That's one of the problems. We don't know when the virus is going to peak. We don't know when the economic shutdown that's been a lockdown in a number of countries is going to be able to be mediated. We don't know how big the shock to GDP is going to be. Uh, all we know is that uh, there's going to be an awful lot more of government debt issued. Uh, that's for certain to pay for all this. And there's going to be tax shortages. Do you think, though, that this is going to actually, when we come out this other side, do you think that investment trusts will have uh, proved their worth? Or do you think that actually we might, we might see some casualties who's, uh, who've been discovered to be, if you like, emperors without clothes? I'm asking for a hunch rather than... Look, a, this is going to be a hunch. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. You're not going to hold me to this. I'm going to put um, you on the spot, but not hold you to it. <laughs> Look, it's going to be a bumpy period. Markets are going to be bumpy for, for a period of time. I think we can all accept that. And we, I think it's also going to be true that there will be some investment trust companies that will struggle through this period of time. And as I've, I've said, we've already seen seven more, some of the more specialist investment companies announce that they're, they're not unable to sustain their dividends. But for the mainstream investment trust companies, the, the names that you know, I'm sure people listening to this will be very familiar with, I think there's a huge opportunity to demonstrate the advantage of the investment trust structure that you know, as the point I made earlier, that they can take long-term investment decisions. They don't have to worry about creating liquidity within their portfolio to meet uh, redemptions. And from a dividend point of view, they can use revenue reserves. They can possibly pay out some of their capital as income and keep that dividend stream going. Because um, I think people are going to need sources of income in the months ahead. Um, and I think investment trust companies can really step up to the plate and, and help to meet that need. Well, let's indeed hope so. I mean, you and I have both had the privilege, if that's the word, of living through some of these past bear markets, which have been quite savage. But it's always been the case that the best investment trusts have come through that in good shape. And indeed, some of them have been able to capitalize on the opportunity that rapidly falling share prices uh, represent. So let's hope that is the case. That's very good to talk to you, Simon. I hope we'll talk again next week. And thanks for your time today, Simon. Thank you. This has been a Moneymakers Investment Trust podcast. 
These podcasts are independently produced and edited and are available on all leading podcast channels. You can sign up on the Moneymakers website, www.money-makers.co, to be notified every time a new podcast is available. Thank you for listening, and please keep safe in these difficult times.